This is the Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims. Welcome to the Father Matters Show. I'm your host, Vance Sims. Thank you for joining us right here on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I want to be the first to wish you a happy new year. And I also want to share with you something that's affecting families all across this country. Substance abuse. Substance abuse is a strong and deadly symptom of society's growing dysfunction. Not only does it destroy lives, but it wrecks devastation upon entire families, friends, and employers. The cost of alcohol and other substance abuse to society is enormous and pervasive. It can be measured in many economic and societal terms, ranging from lost earning power to the growing number of homeless. That came from the website thecrossroadsinc.org. And my special guest from The Crossroads is Carl Jones. Carl, my man, welcome to the Father Matters Show. Hey, thank you so much for having me today, Vance. Man, just before we started doing the show, we was just chopping it up. I'm like, hold on, man, stop. Let's, let's, let's get ready <laughs> to get this thing going. Carl, before we get deep into this, share a little more with us about The Crossroads. All right. Now, what The, what the Crossroads is, is we are licensed residential substance abuse treatment. Um, so we have two different programs. One of our programs is the, the Right Track program. That's kind of the, the staple of our organization, and that's an intensive 21-day uh, inpatient program that's designed for those out there that are just that have been the, the repeats, the guys that are constantly relapsing. They've been, they've been dealing with their addiction for a really long time, and they need a, a more intense level of stabilization before they can, they can transfer into our secondary program which is our 126-day back-to-basics program. So those are, those are kind of the key points. You know, we work on helping the guys with, with finding jobs, with rebuilding some of that, some of the responsibility, accountability. You know, we do some cognitive therapy, uh, a lot of different things just to kind of delve deep into, into why they're feeling the way they're feeling, why they keep doing the things that they're doing. It's kind of like peeling back the layers of an onion with our program. You know, we try to find the best way to help our guys. Uh, we are a 12-step based program, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of portions of that that are tied in. You know, we have our guys do a meeting a day, uh, you know, so you're looking at a lot of really effective, effective aspects. And even past that, we are one of the most affordable programs that there is in the Valley. Um, and we are also one of the only licensed residential treatment programs, and this is honestly, this is one of my favorite things about, you know, who we are and what we do. We're one of the only ones out there that offers a program. It's our At a Crossroads Fund is what it is, and it's a program that we have. As you know, once addiction hits and the, the alcoholism hits, all those different things, people are are out there and their their lives get devastated. I mean, they've lost everything. They've lost they've lost their families. They've lost everything that they own. They've lost their job. They don't have anybody in their corner. They definitely don't have any kind of you know any kind of financial stability as to where they would be able to pay a pay a treatment center. So what we do is we scholarship those people out of out of our own fund that we fundraise for so we can scholarship them for a period of time until they get to the point where they are working and they're able to sustain it on their own. Absolutely. And and we we, we just passed Christmas. New Year's is coming up this week. And this is why I'm so thankful that you came and agreed to be a part of the show because for we, we were talking before we started the show how for a lot of people it's like, oh, Christmas is exciting time of the year. But see, not for everybody. And 
one of the things that we need to realize that a lot of people are broken right now. Holidays is very hard for a lot of people. What made you get involved with the program, the organization? Well, and that's that's one of the great things about Crossroads, too, is you, you see a lot of different treatment centers, and, and a lot of them are, are truly wonderful places. Um, a lot of them, their employees are, are people that have gone and they've received, you know, the highest level of ed- education, and they're extremely, you know, well-versed in, in, in the recovery environment and, and the training. One of the great things about Crossroads, and this is myself included, I'm kind of leading into that, is that... 99% of the employees at Crossroads are all people that actually went through the Crossroads program, and that's myself included. So we all have our own our own history in substance abuse. Um, I started off really young. I started drinking and, and smoking weed right around 11, 12 years old. Um, 14 years old, I started the first time trying out hard drugs. Uh, without going too deep into the into all the, the war stories and stuff like that, I went in and, in and out of jail, prison a couple times. Then after the, the, the last time that I was in, I did an interstate compact. I was in Michigan, and they allowed me to parole out to uh, out here to to Arizona. And I came when I paroled out. I knew I needed to try something different. I knew what I was going to do if I paroled right out to the streets and tried to do it on my own. I've right. been doing it my own way for my entire life, and it gotten me the same thing my entire life. So I needed to figure something else out. And I, I found Crossroads, and I came to Crossroads, and that started uh, not only not only where I'm at right now with my long-term sobriety. I've got six years sober, had six years in June. My man. And, uh, but it's, it started a wonderful career with this organization where I'm able to play my part in helping others. See, you turned your mess into a message. Absolutely. And, and that's what I love about what you're doing. You, you say close to 99% of the employees are people who've been through it. Absolutely. And, and that's what I love. And then like today, Carl, people don't want to hear nor care about what people got on the wall, bro. They want to know what did you do right. to get out of where you're at. Absolutely. And, yeah. and it's not that the education. The education is an extremely valuable thing to have. I mean, it's, it's excellent in techniques and tools and all those different things that, that will help somebody get through it. The, the, the problem is, is when you're talking to somebody who's, who has all these wonderful tools that they're able to provide you with, but they don't have the experience in it to go back. When I can sit there and tell you, you know, I've got all these wonderful tools, and you know what, you know how I can tell you for sure that these things work is because I've been through it, I've done it. Here I am, living proof on the table, right in front of you, that this can happen if you're if you're willing to try something a little bit different. And you're willing to accept a little bit of direction from us in our program. What's the effect of substance abuse, Carl? Oh man, it, it the ranges of the effects of substance abuse are are immense. I mean, it touches basically. <laughs> every single wall there is i mean it can you know there's there's the the financial aspect which it cuts into severely at a, at a personal level as well as at a community level i mean the people that are out there that are that are using they're making trips to the emergency room they don't have insurance they don't have any of those different things so that's cutting into taxpayers money mm. um so it, it, it ultimately it affects at a much larger level than when people think about oh it's just that one person that's affected in their finances it affects family um, it affects children. I mean, it, it just it touches literally every single wall that there is in life. Why are people coming to Crossroads? Uh, people are coming to Crossroads because we work. <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically what it boils down to. You know, we've been we've been operating for fifty plus years, and uh, uh, we stay at on average about ninety eight percent occupancy rate. So, I mean, we are almost always constantly full, and we're we're trying to constantly grow. Um, we're always we're always evolving. We're we're staying with with the times, with the grain. You know, I mean, things change, and we we make sure that we stay on top of everything. And we have a bunch of different meetings. When when people come to Crossroads, it's not 
it's not just the program. You're not coming into a guy that you're only going to see for the duration of the program. Our program is is a certain length. We've had guys stay up to two years in our program because they were doing the right things. They felt comfortable, and we saw that it was benefiting them to, to stay there for a little bit longer. And not only that, that's just the duration of the program. We've had people that have been coming back to our meetings, to you know, to the facilities for years and years and years afterwards. I mean, it essentially becomes a holy ground to these people. This is their sanctuary. This is where, where it all started for them, and they were family to them, and, that, and that's what it's about. How are they hearing about the Crossroads? Uh, most of, honestly, right now, most of how people hear about Crossroads is through, through word of mouth. Um, you know, like I said, we've been operating here for a really long time. We have a lot of different meetings that are open to the public, so people will just, you know, will find us. They're just looking for a meeting. They end up coming for a meeting and find out that we're the we're the full blown we're the full blown deal. Um, and then they'll end up reaching out to us for for resources. There, uh, we do have newsletters that go out. I've been working here over the past year or so trying to branch out a little bit further. You know, I've had a couple different meetings with people. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to touch base with people that aren't in the recovery environment. You ask almost anybody that's dealt with a substance abuse um, issue or, or alcoholism issue or has had somebody directly related to that, and, and they have a tendency of knowing who we are and what we do. But I'm trying to get out there, and I'm trying to touch base with people who who aren't normally attached to organizations like us. I've had a couple of different meetings here recently, and I like to start it off by saying, you know, I mean, I'll kind of come in and preface it. Uh, how many of you have had a direct problem with substance abuse or, or alcoholism? You might see, like, one one hand in the room go up. And then I like to throw out a question, well, how many of you have a direct family member that's that suffered from? You'll see, you know, three, four, five hands go up in a room full of 20, 25 people. And I say, how many of you know somebody who is, just know somebody who is, has dealt with this? Almost the entire, the entire room of hands goes up. And I ask them, how many of you have heard about Crossroads? And then I get, I get, then the questions come in, and almost no hands go up. And then I hear, you know, so the the it's the church, right? And I'm like, no, no, there there is there is a crossroads church, yeah. one, one wonderful place. That's not who we are. I have people ask me, oh, are they affiliated with the crossroads? Yeah, church? No, yeah, no, yeah, no. We're our we're our own organization. So that's that's another thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to branch out a little bit further. I, I just want to make sure. But after every one of those meetings, when I get done, I'll have three, four, and five people come up to me and say, you know what? I absolutely love everything that I've heard about your program. I want to come check out one of your facilities. I want to learn more. I know somebody. I know somebody and then even kind of in the undertoned conversation afterwards you know my father is dealing with it and it'll be a little bit more understated because right. there's still that stigma that's attached to it and they don't in an open forum they don't so much want to go there but people come to me personally all the yeah. time after those and say you know what i need that information i need that information and that's what i was going to lead into because now we know that you're here what you do what's going on uh what is causing people to get to to get caught up with substance abuse what when they come what are they saying that's it this is why i'm here What's going on? Well, you know, right now, the the primary the primary demographic of the people that we're we're seeing coming into our programs, and it's changed a lot over the the past twenty five thirty years. Um, you know, we're seeing kids. Uh, it's eighteen to twenty four year old kids that are that are suffering primarily from heroin addiction. Heroin is absolutely huge right now. Um, it's basically what meth was a few years back. It's it's a, it's its own plague, and it's all starting from uh, pharmaceuticals. is is primarily where it starts. You know, you get a lot of kids that, a lot of kids that end end up having some kind of sports injury, and they end up getting that that one prescription, and uh, and then they find out how it feels to have that altered state of mind, and then they start going into a prescription drug abuse deal, and then they find out that it's a lot cheaper right now just to go out and 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 get heroin. Uh, a lot of the cartels and stuff like that are actually pushing really hard on the heroin. 
Uh, they're actually giving it out for free in a lot of our schools. And this isn't just, you know, this used to be, heroin used to be kind of in the shadows, okay. off off in the in, in the back alleys and stuff like that. You, you had this, this picture that was attached to it. It's not that same thing anymore. Almost every school, and this is from the high-level, excellent, high-class neighborhoods all the way down. I mean, it's touching every single place across our community. It's not just in one area. So that's the primary demographic that we're seeing. Um, and we, we see a lot of different things though. I mean, we see a lot of people that have been dealing with alcoholism for a really long time. It just, it was kind of, whether it was a, a family thing, how it started, you get a lot of people that, that, that do it because of, um, you know, you see a lot of codependency or uh, co-occurring disorders and stuff like that, where people will have some kind of mental issue going on. So they self-medicate, you know, with, uh, with, with some type of substance to, to compensate for that. And we try to, we try to part those layers first and then, and then figure out where the true issue is, whether the actual, the the drug dependency is where the real problem is and that's causing some of the the mental disorders that are going on or whether or not they have a mental disorder that's that's the primary and then they're they're using the the, the substance abuse to cover it so i mean it, it it really comes from a lot of different areas primarily right now it's young kids out there that are finding heroin from their friends from the schools and that's and that's where we're seeing the biggest issues and you say 18 to 24 year olds are coming in. 18 to 24 year olds are coming in, and not only that. If you look at the national statistics and where they where they even start to give you the the, the age classification that they start our statistics at, uh-huh. it starts at 12 years old. I mean, how sad is that? That today our statistics, our national statistics that that tell us where people are at, how much they're using, they start at 12 years old. I mean, it's not even in a category of 18 and up. 16 and up. I mean, they. I mean, they actually have to include the age of of 12 years and up into these into these statistics. Man, you're listening to the Father Matters Show with Vance Sims, and today's guest is Carl Jones from the Crossroads. And today we're talking about the effects of substance abuse. We'll hear more from Carl after this. Hey, Father Matters Show family, will you show us some love? We want the Father Matters Show to be your community and family resource program by providing you right now answers for right now issues. Become a Father Matters Show champion by liking Father Matters on Facebook. If you miss us Saturday night, log on to blogtalkradio.com, soundcloud.com, or fathermatters.org and share the Father Matters Show with your friends and family. Thank you. And we're back with Carl Jones from the Crossroads. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the top of the show at fathermatters.org. Also catch the Father Matters show nationally every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time by visiting us or logging on to blogtalkradio.com or catch our archive shows anytime worldwide at soundcloud.com. Carl, just before we went into commercial, man. You said they are starting at 12 years old. What is going on that kids are starting at 12? What's going on in their heart? What's happening? What are you hearing? Uh, the the main thing that I'm that I'm hearing, and not not just hearing, I'm actually engaged in it a little bit. You know, like we were like we were talking prior to the show. I am a I'm a single father, and you know, I'm a single father to a seven year old boy. Um, 
full custody and I, I deal with that whole deal by myself. And I pay a lot of attention to the different trends that are going on with him and his school and his his friends and their parents. And and again, this is just personal opinion. Uh, I don't I haven't read any studies that have really gone into why it's why it's starting so young. I think it's a it's a lot to do with culture. I think it's a lot to do with just the the the. I mean, everything that's running everything now is, you know, people, it's easier to place your kid in front of a computer where they have access to, to YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those different things. And unfortunately, right now with the trends, I mean, you can go on YouTube and you can find information on how to do basically anything in there. Uh, and it's just it. it I also see a level of disengagement with with a lot of the parents uh, that are dealing with with some of their own issues, and and that's a, and that's another thing is that you know we want you get it, it all starts from the top on down. I mean, and it's you know I can honestly say with myself sometimes it's it, it's hard to be to be fully fully engaged, and I absolutely I, I do my best. You know, I work full time. I'm going to school part time. You know, working on working on my counseling degree, and uh, and then I'm a, I'm a full time parent. And to be an active, engaged, full time parent, I mean, it's it's a lot of work. And I think there's you know I think a lot of times parents just get kind of tapped on that, and it's easier to go another route. And when you go another route, you're allowing other sources to to teach and craft and and show your kids what 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 the culture is. And when they're finding it out there. Nine out of ten times, it's a whole lot different than what, what you're going to want to be doing at home. That's right, brother. And I, I want to stress this again, that you are a full-time custodial, custodial yes. father. You got yes. your son. You're raising your son. Seven years old? Seven years old. And, and, and it's hard because my thing is, how much does the father hunger play into this? Man, when we get guys coming to the workshop, man, in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, you know, and they say stuff like, man, my dad never hugged me, you know, but that alcohol did hug me or, or whatever the addiction. That, that, that's absolutely right. When, and, that, and that leads into, that's almost a perfect statement going into it. Another way to look at this is a lot of times, you know, you said the alcohol did hug him. I mean, these, a lot of times we're starting with the painkillers right now. We were talking about that being a, a primary issue here. And, and when, you, when you listen to that, they are painkillers, and that's what they're doing. It's not, and that doesn't always mean physical pain. Um, you know, a lot of times our kids are are dealing with stuff, and it's it's not always the easiest thing for for them to talk about. And it's 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 our job to be observers, to be watchers. Don't always just assume everything is okay. Don't always just assume that they're that they're going through a phase and that it's that it's going to go away. You gotta you gotta be active. You gotta be engaged. You gotta see those things going on. And when you see those things going on. Don't just assume that everything is all right. I mean, you need to you need to get in there and be preventative. You need to take some action and and actually delve a little bit deeper into why those things why those things are happening. Um, so you know you you hit it perfectly when you said that they're getting a hug from someplace else. That's actually a really good analogy. Well, be, because it's 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 that hunger, and it's like and I talk with guys sometimes. Well, Vance, you know, I bring the check home every Friday. I'm home every weekend, but see, you can still be home and be an absentee father. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you're sitting in front of the TV, got the remote control in one hand, a cold beer in another hand, and your daughter or your son is, you know, coloring by themselves or just, you know, they feel that abandonment going on, you know, and we've got to be there. And even if if, if you're chill, you can, we need to step up and be the fathers to some of our neighbor kids. Absolutely. You know. One, and, 100%. Go I ahead, actually, touch I on even, that. I, well, I even, I even play that role as well. There's a... One of my son's best friends is uh, is a little girl in 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 my complex, and uh, 
her mom is a is a single mom, and uh, she's been doing it on on her own for a really long time. the The father is is partially involved, but again, even when he's there, he's not he's not really there. And they I mean, they live separately. And she comes over to my house all the time, and it's one of the best feelings in the world to me to be able to, even though she knows I'm 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 not her father, obviously all of those different things. But I try to give her that that sense that that man in her life that she can she can take some direction from, and she sees all those good things she can have fun with. I just want to make sure she, that she knows that that's that that's out there. I don't want her to build a, a mentality that that's how that's how it is and that's how it's always going to be. That there are there are sources out there that she have that she can she can get some of that nurturing from from the other side. Um, and her her mom does the same thing with Xavier a lot of different times, which is Xavier is my son. Yeah. Um, it's it's really hard sometimes. You know, I play I play both roles. I gotta be the I gotta be the one that's providing him all the emotional support and, and the coddling and I gotta do all of all of the you know, I mean when, when things happen, I gotta be that that soft loving touch, but I also gotta be the, the lightning and thunder when right. you know, when it when it goes the other yes, direction. Sir. I gotta I gotta play both worlds and it it can be pretty exhausting and even though I know I will never be the uh, I will never be a, a woman in his life, his mother um, I do work with him on those things as well. When I see those things going on, I make sure that I reach out to, to, to counselors and stuff like that that I'm able to get him some time with that he can have a, an outside party that he can, that he can talk to and try to, to vent things through. And I'm always, I'm always trying to find whatever option is available. I don't ever pretend to have all of the answers. I'm always using any resources I have in, in, my, in my friend level, in my family level, and in the community level just to make sure that I'm offering him everything that I absolutely can to give him the best chance possible. So. And, and Carl, again, one of the main reasons why, and I, I, again, man, during the holiday time, I asked you to come in because I want you to speak to the heart, man. As you know, we got listeners all around the country. Somebody just dropped their child or children off for the weekend, and they're going to be alone the rest of this week going into next week. New Year's Day is next week, uh, or, or they didn't get a chance to see their child or children because they're dealing with this stuff. And, you know, they're being invited to come over to friends' homes, but they feel embarrassed. Or, no, don't worry about it. Can you speak into the heart of someone, man, that's dealing with substance abuse right now or maybe dealing with it uh, to let them know? W- what would you say to them right now? It's just you and them right now, bro. Uh, the thing, the, the thing I'd most want to say is, is you need to understand. You, you absolutely have to understand that you don't tap out because of of the pain and the emotions and all those different things that are going on. Don't don't ever give up. It's always it's always available. There's services that are always available. The chance is always available for you to start turning it around and getting back to where you want to be. Um, that doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. Don't let don't let that brief one week, two week, three week point in time where you're where you're doing the right things. Don't ever expect that to be enough to get everything back. So don't don't get started and then and then tap back out because it's not happening right away. I can guarantee you this: if you find services, if you find somebody that's able to help you out with this thing, you're not alone with this thing. Find somebody that's willing to to, to help you out and walk you through this deal and keep going with it. If you do things. 100% with the best motives, with the willingness to change, taking a little bit of direction, in time those good things are going to come back to you. The family is going to come back to you. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're not going to take some hits along the way. That's the way it goes. Nobody said it's a it's it's a perfect deal, and, and unfortunately we don't always get things exactly the way we want them, and it's probably best that we don't all the time. Just don't give up. Search for effective services. Find that support group and, and keep going with it. Things, things will change. Where can our listeners go to learn more about the crossroads 
Uh, they can find us at a few different channels if they want to check us out, www.thecrossroadsinc.org. The Crossroads or Crossroads? The Crossroads, T-H-E, The Crossroads, Inc., I-N-C.org. Uh, they can find us on Facebook, same place, The Crossroads, Inc. You can check out some stuff there. It has all of our all of our services, um, all of our phone numbers, stuff like that. If they just wanted to contact us directly, they can go ahead and give us a call, 602 602- uh, 263-5242 and that'll lead you to the, the central office and we'll be able to direct you and, and that this doesn't mean this isn't just for the people that are out here in, in Arizona that are that are looking for us and our services this is for anybody that wants to give us a call um, we're here for you it's not just about us and what we're doing we have an overall mission that we're trying to achieve and that's for people to maintain long-term sobriety if we're not the program that's going to work for you we want to find the one that will work for you so I mean we can we can work with referral sources whatever we got to do to get you in and get the get get this problem fixed. So people can I always ask my guests that people can call anywhere from around the country. You got a Facebook? We do got a Facebook. And what's the Facebook? The Facebook is the Crossroads Inc. The Crossroads yeah, Inc. dot org. Okay, yeah. so they can call. They can check out the website. They don't have to be alone. They don't have to take this journey on their own. Carl, thank you for joining me today, my man. I appreciate you. Hey, thank you. I really appreciate being here. Happy New Year to you. Okay. Happy New Year to you too. And thank you for listening to the Father Matters Show. Send us your questions or comments to info at fathermatters.org. Thank you to my engineer and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Jeremy Siegel. Wednesday, January 7th, Father Matters is hosting a job and training institute. Visit us at fathermatters.org for more information. See you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you and God bless.